The reaction to the job threat in Kilkenny City was one of shock and perplexity, tinged with some measure of hope. Hope, said community leaders, because the loss of the factory and the wider effects of the loss of nearly 600 paypacks in the area was just unthinkable. And the human misery would be unacceptable, said the Mayor, Councillor Luke Boyle. Many of the Fieldcrest workers had been lured from the north and from good jobs in Britain with the promise of a secure future here. They had taken out big and expensive mortgages and were now headed for the dole. And they were perplexed at the move because, while it had been known for some months that the factory was in some difficulty, only within recent weeks had community leaders been assured that the jobs were safe after a financial restructuring at the company. Kilkenny was today taking the view that if the American minority shareholding in the company was pulling the rug, as seemed to be the case, then the state should step in and buy them out. That might save the £11 million of state money already invested in the project and save at least 630 jobs and probably more. Michael Ryan, RT News, Kilkenny. Well, it didn't seem possible. And I don't think it's sunk in yet, even. It still doesn't seem possible. I know when I were finishing that particular Friday, you know, I just couldn't imagine not being not going back there sometime, you know. Actually, I was sick for three days around the particular time when the news came and a friend of mine dropped in to tell me that there was going to be a serious announcement at quarter to six. So I went out. I just I was sick at that particular time, but I got up over the bed and went out. And um, I can tell you it was a, a shock. I think the hardest part was taking the receivership. Mm. Uh, because in actual fact, uh, our whole life was a future. Janet Dwyer from Lancashire was a weaving supervisor in Fieldcrest. When the factory went into receivership, both she and her husband, who was also employed there, lost their jobs. Sean Gagan from Kilkenny, father of four children, was a loom fixer. Liam Brennan, who had worked for many years in the catering industry, also had a job as a loom fixer and had settled in Bennett's Bridge, County Kilkenny, with his wife and four small children. I got disenchanted with um, the future security of um, of the job I had spent all my life I mean, up to then. Uh, my family were getting larger. Uh, I was getting older and I kind of felt that um, they deserved more of my time. Another indication to it was that... Um, since I returned from from England in 1969, I on average moved to a different town every two years and a different position and a different employer. Because of the nature of the job? Uh, because of the nature of the job, because of um, uh, insecurity in particular jobs, mm-hmm. uh, possibly a certain amount of boredom. Uh, also, always in the background was the intention to better yourself. Um, as families get larger, they also get more expensive. Well, what was your view of the job in Fieldcrest at that stage? Did you see that as being long-term security, or how would you describe what your feelings about it were when, when, when you first came? Well, I had just completed 20 years in the catering business between England and Ireland, and uh, I thought, in actual fact, that if I succeeded at it, it would be the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Uh, certainly, I thought there was plenty of security for the future. Um, the job, I was terribly interested in it. Uh, 
and I just felt that should I be successful, I could settle down, not be moving house, I could purchase a house and not have to sell it every couple of years uh, or thereabouts and then um, just settle down and grow up as a family unit. I'm English and my husband comes from Kilkenny originally. Now, every year we came on holiday. So, naturally, one year we came over and everybody were on about Fieldcrest. And as I worked in England, I would always been in the weaving industry, you know. So with a new factory opening in Kilkenny, Jim sort of always wanted to come home to live in Ireland. And with Fieldcrest opening, it seemed like a, a chance, you know, a great chance, really, because things weren't going too good in England and you never knew from day to day whether you were going to be in work, although we were both in, you know, full-time employment. So we decided that we'd come back to Kilkenny. I went up and got an interview and they offered me a position. So we sort of burnt us boats at the back of us and we came to live in Kilkenny. Were you uh, very experienced at at, uh, the job that you were doing in Fieldcrest? Yes, because I'd been in weaving ever since I left school. I I learnt to weave when I was 15, and I've done it, what, for 25 years. When when I left my last job, I was, you know, on 39 years of age, and I felt like this was a a great chance for me, like, to go ahead, because if I got over 40, maybe, the chances of getting a good job, like, you know, that would recede. But um, I said to myself, well, this is right, like, you know will take me up as far as I can go, like, until retiring age at least. Now, the promises and the way things were being put to us, and even on the day of induction, we were told, like, you know, that this is the greatest thing ever, like, you know, so... And you believed it? And I believed it, definitely. Did it ever cross your mind at that stage that it mightn't work out and that the place might close down? Well, I mean, how how could you see it closing down? Because up to a while ago, we were in a start-up situation. We were starting up looms and working on them. When I started there first, um, I was there when the first ten looms went on to shift work, went into production. Now, I mean, we were working on starting up looms. I worked seven days a week at that stage and there was no way that you could see it closing down because even when the bloom thing closed, it hadn't even started. Were you very optimistic when you came back? Well, I think everybody was because... Um, I mean, all them millions that have been put into a new factory and it, it seemed such a great opportunity, really, you know, to be going up there and, and working. And Did it ever cross your mind at the time that you came back that this might be something that wouldn't last? No, it didn't, because, let's be fair, I mean, you're going to a new factory, not something that's been going 30, 40 years. I mean, maybe then you could expect it, but... Not a new factory, I mean, and all them millions of tax people's money, you know, our money, well, not my money, but the taxpayers, you know, I mean, a lot, it must be their money, it's not anybody else's, is it? And, um, oh, I, I don't know, really. It, um, it doesn't seem possible that uh, it would close down, you know. There was great optimism in Kilkenny when Fieldcrest went into production in 1979. In September 1980, the factory was opened officially. Less than a year later, however, things were beginning to look less rosy. In April 1981, some of the workforce were put on a three-day week. A year later, 
Fieldcrest had gone into receivership and by August of this year, most of the workers had lost their jobs. Well, I was involved at that particular time with the, with the union and I was vice chairman of the committee out there at that particular point. Of, so I was sort of concerned with most of the, the lead-up to mm-hmm. the closure. But it came as a great shock when we heard we were going on a three-day week. And that, remember, now is we have to go back maybe last April, 12 months, more or less started. And at that stage, when you went on the three-day week, did you, did you begin to think in terms of the fact that you might end up with no job? We were, yes, we were very worried at that stage because there was a lot of um, towels and stuff in stock which, which wasn't being shifted. And, um, as you say, you could see something serious was going to occur. Mm-hmm. But at that particular time, um, Jack Belshaw was general manager and at meeting after meeting... He assured us and doubly assured us that Fieldcrest would not close. And naturally enough, you believed him. We didn't. We were getting the assurances from the top. So when the day came that you were finally... Do you remember what your reactions were on the day that you were told that it was closing? Uh, Actually, I was sick for three days around the particular time when the news came and a friend of mine dropped in to tell me that there was going to be a serious announcement at quarter to six... So I went out, I just, I was sick at that particular time, but I got up over the bed and went out. And um, I can tell you it was a, a shock. Liam Brennan felt the same sense of shock and disappointment. What was his wife's reaction? Rather shocked, I think. Um, although, like, he was on short time. We should have, I think, seen the writing on the wall, but we thought, oh, well, you know, it's the world recession. Maybe there might be just a few cutbacks, but... You know, when he said it was, when he said it was gone, I think it was shock. Mm. Um, you know, we didn't sort of look any further than that. It would just stunned us. I think you know. Did you suddenly start to think of practicalities or or not, or did you just kind of hope it would go away? Well, you kind of hope it would go away, but all the same, you sort of think of practicalities. Um, you think, oh Lord, yes, now what? <laughs> um, what do I do to save this and what do I do, you know? You're in such a turmoil that you really don't know what you are doing for a while, that you've, you know, you've got to sort yourself out, you've got to stop and think. Mm-hmm. What was your um, reaction at the time that you discovered that the job was finally gone? I mean, did you did you look into the future or did you just kind of not realise fully what had happened? Or Can you remember? Well, having accepted... The, um, the receivership uh, with rumours whether mm-hmm. true or false or not within the factory we, I think I took the inevitable redundancy a lot easier than I actually took the position of uh, going into receivership mm-hmm. uh, I was more cushioned to taking it anyway I had three months and at the same time there was still um a prospective buyer, so I thought we might only be out of work for maybe a couple of months. And there was a lot of prospective buyers, as far as I knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, they are getting fewer and fewer, and I'm getting more pessimistic every day. The loss of 600 jobs undoubtedly has an effect on the community in which the factory is based. In the case of Kilkenny, the existence of Fieldcrest had an effect on the development plans for the area. PJ Donnelly, County Manager. Well, the planning of Fieldcrest was well advanced at the time we did a major review in 1976. And at the time, we had a major study done 
consisting of a traffic and land use plan. And quite clearly, in, when we came to look at the land use plan, we took into account the fact that this 100-acre site on which the Fieldcrest factory was erected would in fact be producing, uh, or creating, I should say, about 600 jobs as a first phase and perhaps even additional jobs. Mm -hmm. And we took that into account then in deciding on our plans for all the infrastructural services, that is to say for water, drainage, housing and amenity in what the city it, and environs. What did it mean in terms of, of hard cash? It meant that we accelerated plans and taking the four services I've mentioned, you could talk in round figures of about investment plans of about £10 million, which were implemented at a much faster rate and at an earlier time in terms of years than would otherwise have been the case. Hmm. Now, presumably those plans will, will go ahead regardless, but has the closure of Fieldcrest, and not only the unemployment as a result of that particular closure, but unemployment generally, does that have an impact on development plans? Does it slow down the rate? Of course, it slows down their implementation because really the infrastructural services are there for people and if the jobs are not there, the people will not be there. Does it depress you particularly that, that Fieldcrest, in terms of the plant, the workforce, all of those kinds of things, had a lot going for it? Yes. In fact, uh, I must say that my colleagues and I here, uh, not to take from the IDA effort, who are the people who are primarily involved in the setting up industry, we put a, a tremendous amount of effort. The council in their foresight sent the chief technical officer, the county engineer and the planning officer to America from, to vet the plants over there from the point of view of the, their environmental impact because we have, as you know, a, a tremendous concern here in Kilkenny for all matters environmentally and particularly given kind of the heritage and we put so we took every possible step to do our part to ensure that this would be not alone a fine plan to work in, but that we would provide a wherewithal in the city and environs that people could after work for their wives and themselves and their children have a very pleasant living environment. And when you think of all of that, and it's now, if you like, temporarily gone insofar as Fieldcrest mm -hmm. is concerned, clearly it's a matter of great sadness to all of us. The loss of such a large number of jobs had its effects on trading outlets in Kilkenny City. Jim O'Neill, supermarket manager. Obviously, when an industry that has been uh, implying uh, 600 people, uh, when that closes, it's, it's bound to have an effect. But uh, fortunately for us, uh, it has no immediate disastrous effects, you know. Uh, nevertheless, we are concerned uh, long term. Uh, at the moment, people the, who were implied there, they're still uh, getting their PRSI and they're still on redundancy. And uh, we haven't felt the pinch too greatly. But uh, nevertheless, we are worried about the next couple of months and particularly going into the Christmas trading period. You know, We feel that it will affect us very, very severely then. Well, even given the fact that they're getting redundancy money or that they got redundancy money and pay related, were you still able to detect a certain downfall in trade? I mean, were there people who used to come in who weren't coming in not spending as much? Oh, yes. You know, it, it's quite obvious that people have had to cut back, you know. While we're still getting the same volume of customers, they're, they're not spending the same amount, you know. Uh, they've got to cut back on essential foodstuffs. You know, our fresh meat counter has suffered a little. Our uh, luxury goods, if you want to call them that, they, they have suffered, you know, so we have certainly, uh, uh, our sales have been reduced. Mm -hmm. uh, you used to come in, 
used people come in here and uh, cash their cheques with you as well? They did, yes. We, we had a very good relationship with Fieldcrest in, in that regard. Uh, we had an arrangement whereby the Fieldcrest workers came to our lock by branch and we cashed all the cheques. And of course that helped us uh, indirectly because when we cashed the cheques for them, they remained on in the store and spent some of the money. So all that's gone now? It is indeed and we miss it. When Fieldcrest was in production, Eamon Langton's pub was a popular venue for many people who worked in the factory. Well, payday would be a very busy afternoon, Friday that is. A lot of checks, a lot of customers, uh, numbering up to 50. That many? That many, as many as that. Mm -hmm. Now, apart from the people actually calling in to have a drink and so on, uh, I gather you used to have various functions and things in here. Well, we've got a party room down the back, and that lends itself to small little parties, and numerous office parties and whatever else. As Fieldcrest was made up of, how would I put it, um, so many different areas. Consequently, you had so many different inquiries and so many different groups of people. And that was very helpful from our point of view. So what happened then when it finally did close? I mean, were you able to feel a difference here? A major difference in business, especially on Fridays, as I said. Very few people, as many as 50, 60 missing, sort of find yourself with maybe 10, 15 customers as opposed to the 50, 60 numbers, and evident again in the evenings when so many faces miss from Monday to Saturdays and so on. Yeah. So, you know, and that's been constant, I presume, since the time it did close. Yes, that's been constant since the close. It's quite obvious to us that we've dropped drastically in business because of the closure of Fieldcrest. Not all the people who worked in Fieldcrest were natives of Kilkenny. Many people gave up jobs in other parts of the country and came to settle in Kilkenny. Martin O'Carroll, auctioneer. The extraordinary thing was that the Fieldcrest uh, operation in Kilkenny seemed to suss out money from all all parts, the banks, the billing societies, the insurance companies. They all poured the money in, and the local authorities, of course, played a great part in it. Uh, so money was freely available, house prices went up, and people bought their homes. So yeah. how has the closure affected that, that whole situation now? The problem is that uh, so many people have their homes, they've made their homes in Kilkenny, they came out from good jobs in other parts of the country, came to live in the, in the Kilkenny city, and uh, they have their homes here, they're looking for jobs elsewhere um, in the sort of climate with the factory at the moment, but uh, certainly they're having difficulty in uh, selling their houses. There, there are a number of people who bought houses and they will not get the price that they were looking for or that they are looking for. But um, I would still say that um, they should try to make other arrangements to hold on to their house because while they have a house, they have a home, even though they have a mortgage, and they should extend, try to get their uh, payments extended or stopped altogether until such time as a buyer will come along. And I'm confident that buyers will come into Kilkenny for houses. Mm-hmm. Do you know if there are many people who are considering selling their houses? Now, they may not have got as far as going to the auctioneer mm. at this stage, but people who are just living from one week to the next and saying one of these days it'll have to go. This is a fact. In fact, yesterday, uh, two people said exactly this, you know, that you can't have a house on redundancy. And it's biting. It wasn't too bad for the first month and it wasn't too bad for the second month. But now with Christmas coming up, people are facing the reality that they'll have to try and sell their house and they've made a conscious decision to do that. The problem is, if they sell the house, where are they going to go? Clearly, the city and county were affected by the closure of Fieldcrest. But what was it like for the workers themselves when they found that they no longer had jobs to go to? I got in to the few jobs and it was more or less like having a, 
a week's work to do or something like that. What, you know? Around the house, you mean? Yeah, and Sheila's a hard boss to work for. <laughs> but um, now I find at the present moment that, um, so that things are done, like, you know, you're sitting around, you're reading, you're watching television, or you're nearly lying down in the bed or something like that at mm. times in the afternoon. What sort of effect does that have on you, the fact that you've nothing specific to do, there's nobody sort of demanding that you should do anything? It's hard to describe it, really, like, you know, but... As I said, it, it sort of pulls yourself down, like, you know, you, you find your ambition is slipping a bit too, like, you know, you haven't got the same drive mm. as you'd had. You know, you, you would want to have regular hours of some description. Do you find that you do that your your energy is gone as well? Um, it's not too bad, I suppose. Maybe she would have another view with that, but <laughs> I don't, not at the moment, you know. Yeah, yeah. What about going down to collect your money? Were you ever unemployed before? I was, yes, for a while before. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering whether the whole business of going down every week and mm. queuing up to get the money, whether that bothers you at all. Um, well, it doesn't at the moment because you're, you're keeping in touch with your workmates in that way at the moment, you know. But as I said, this week now, for instance, um, I took a drop of £10 in my take-home pay from the, the labour exchange. Now, it was fairly reasonable up to this week, but from now on, we're really going to feel the pinch. Mm. You sort of get jobs done that you, you've put on... Long finger for a while, you know. I mean, I set to when I painted the house from top to bottom and did jobs in garden, and you know, I think you you sort of made the most of it, you know, because you kept thinking, well, we'll be back in another week or two, you know, and another month or two maybe. But uh, I don't know sort of what I'm going to do for next. Does does that wear off that enthusiasm for doing the jobs around the house? I think it does because. Uh, Let's be fair, I mean, you make most of it in the beginning, but then it gets a bit monotonous, you know. You're thinking to yourself, what can I do today? What can I do tomorrow, you know? And I'm thinking at winter time now, I'm thinking, well, I'm going to be lost, really. I won't know what to do, you know. Because mm. you've been so used to getting up in the morning and going out to work every day, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I have. I've always worked, and I think, particularly in my part of you know, country in England, all the women go to work, you know, it's something that they've always done in the textile industry, it's always the women that's, you know, that's worked in the mills, you know. And I suppose for your husband it's it's the same story, being around the house all the time. Well, you tend to get in one, one another's ways, let's put it that way, I mean, uh, he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and he's saying, well, I put kettle on and, you know, it's who's going to brew up and <laughs> things like that, you know. So, I don't, I don't know how we'll go on this winter because it's going to be. I think we'll have to stop in bed while dinner time. I think and work from there. <laughs> what was it like at the beginning uh, when you found yourself? Now this is after the short time when you found yourself at home every day. Was was that kind of hard to adjust to, or was it was it great to have the bit of a rest at the beginning? Uh, well, uh, it was in a sense. Um because a month later we'd have been on holidays anyway. The weather was extremely kind to us. We had a fantastic summer. I had plenty to do around the house, which kept me occupied. Um, But did that begin to wear off after a while? It did, and uh, the children were at home from school, which was a novelty to them and me uh, in the beginning. But uh, I'm afraid uh, (laughs) I'd often heard my wife say previously that she was let to hear, see them go back to school. Unfortunately, this year I was also let to see them go back to school. <laughs> do, 
Dawn, did it make a big difference to you to have, I mean, I know you said you wanted, uh, you both wanted to have, um, you know, a, a more secure job, a job where he would be working normal hours. But when you found that he was around the house all day, every day, was that just a bit hard to adjust to? Uh, yes, I think it was. Um, well, a man constantly around the house, he's bound to get underneath your feet. I found that I, I could be doing jobs that I might do once. I could be doing it three or four times now. <laughs> and the cups of tea, the endless cups of tea was terrible. <laughs> it's now five months since the redundancy started in Fieldcrest. And for the unemployed workers, the financial effects of being out of a job are beginning to bite. Sean Gagan. I have a car now which I was trying to hold on to in case an outside job came up or anything like that to travel to. Now I have two years repayments on that and I've, we've just been talking to over Sheila myself and I think about another month is all that we can afford to hold on to it. When Janet Dwyer and her husband came home from England they decided to buy a house. We've also spent all his savings on it, all on an extension and trying to bring it up to scratch. Originally, we, when we came over, we stopped with my sister-in-law for a few months, like, and then we got chance of this place. But it were old property, and um, so we had to spend quite a bit on it, doing it up, you know. And you did it all yourselves, did you? Most of it, yes. You know, it was a bit of help, you know. Mm-hmm. We're off relations, they were, you know, helped us a good bit. But you've, you've sunk all your money into it? Every penny we have, really. Are there specific things that, that you've had to cut out or things you feel you're going to have to cut out from now on? Yeah, one thing is the car. I think you you need a car over here, really. And This year we've, we've managed to insure it, but I don't think next year we'll be able to insure it because it's, what, £200-and-odd to insure a car over here and then you have your tax. So next year that'll be, like, nearly £300 that we won't have. Mm. which we would have had if we'd have been working, you know. And how about things like food, clothes, going out for entertainment, things like that? Well, we don't go short of food because you you sit to them things first, but uh, we only go out one night. I don't suppose in a little while that we'll be able to even do that because uh, there's more important things than going out. So, And at one time, every say every three months we used to go up to Dublin and go up and buy clothes and all them things will be finished way now, you know. Uh, financially it's leaving a lot of jobs unfinished, not starting a lot of jobs that need to be done in and around the house. It means I budgeting, not only my wife budgeting, but I budgeting uh, my present income each week. It means going shopping when the children are at school. Why? Uh, well, you don't have to refuse them things that they ask for so often. Yeah. In the supermarket, where it can be difficult, embarrassing, and otherwise, mm-hmm. um, if there's only one child with you, uh, he's only asking for one item, whereas if there's three or four there, they seem to prompt each other and put ideas into each other's heads and ask for a lot more. Yeah. And this is just not available. Um I don't think the car has seen anything more than the five was worth of petrol uh, at any one go, whereas normally I used to fill the tank, but that's not important as it's not being used that often at the moment. Um, Would you see the day that you'd have to sell the car? If 
something doesn't turn up, I do see that day, yes. Mm-hmm. What about uh, the house? Have you got a mortgage on the house? I have uh, a mortgage on the house. Um, I suppose I'm luckier than a lot of people that it is with uh, the local council uh, who are very considerate, but they still must get their money. Mm-hmm. Well, do you find that there are, there are weeks that you, you, you just can't meet the repayments? There are, uh, when an emergency drops up, that has to go on something else. Um, however, I am endeavouring to, um, when I get the opportunity, to um, bring those weeks up to date. Mm-hmm. It must be hard, though, at times, is it? Well, it is very hard um, from a situation where you were working and uh, the mortgage really was a, a small part of... of um, or a smaller part of of your income. Mm-hmm. Now it is a much larger percentage of your income. Yeah. What about things like um, food and clothes for the children, Don? How how do you manage that? Has that become more difficult since then? Oh, it has. Terrible. Um, I buy cheaper cuts of meat. There's no such thing as luxuries. Um, you know, sweets would be very rare. I I do have the children to have fruit because I prefer them to have fruit than mm-hmm. sweets and things. I think it's more healthy. Um, clothes. I went into town with twenty-five pound, hoping to buy two pairs of shoes. And I'm afraid I come home with one pair, at fifteen pound a pair. This was for for the children for going the back children to school, wasn't going it? Going back to school, yes. And um, it's hard going. Like, I do a lot of I knit my own and I make my own clothes. Um, I don't think, to be quite honest with you, that I really would manage if I didn't do this. You know, the price of clothes and Kilkenny seem to be very, very high in prices. Well, what about things like, um, are there certain times that you that you sort of worry about, like uh, certain occasions? That have, Christmas, I know Christmas is not exactly around the corner, but it nearly is. Uh, yes, Christmas, I really haven't, I really haven't, I kind of put it to the back of my mind and I really haven't thought of it. Um, I dread to think of it because, you know, children are sort of looking in the shop windows now oh I'd like this, I like this, can I have this, can I have that, well you'll have to ask Santi and see what Santi brings you know, it's not really what Santi brings, it's what we can afford you know yeah. um, Can I ask you uh, Liam about the, the sort of psychological effect of, of, of not working and of the prospects of work being, being not that good have you ever got depressed about it? I do uh, feel depressed, but not overly depressed about it. Uh, that doesn't mean to say that um, I, I like the idea. I go out and start doing something. Maybe it's, it doesn't need to be done, but I do it anyway. Um, there again, when I go into town or even go, going down to the local village, I see a lot of other more able-bodied men um, who, who are not working, whom actually uh, I didn't know lived in the area, until they were made redundant as well mm-hmm. um, because they were at work and I was at work so we possibly never met and unfortunately the local village has been hit very badly with redundancies uh, in the last 18 months either um, within the village itself or by field class or other factories in mm-hmm. Kilkenny. So there is there are quite a lot of unemployed people around here, are there? For a village of its size there are, yes. I suppose that's had an effect on the, the sort of general atmosphere in the village, has it? It has, uh, but yet I feel that um, the, everybody's trying to keep their best foot forward. <laughs> uh, 
unfortunately, in with the River Noor flowing through a village like ours, uh, a lot of them would, would be fishermen, but even the salmon didn't turn up this year, so they're only looking at the river over the bridge. Naturally enough, none of the people I spoke to likes being unemployed, but what are their chances of getting other jobs? The only thing realistic about it is that I will have to go back into the business, uh, into the catering business, mm-hmm. um, except the unsocial hours. Um, my children probably would... I'm not sure what their reaction would be, but I don't, I'm quite certain they would not like it, having been used to me at home. And would, would it be easy for you to get a job in that business, do you think? Not, uh, this is another thing, not in the present recession, because um, th- there's just no um, place in town really doing well. There's no jobs being advertised at the moment. I am regist- registered with Manpower. I have not been contacted by them since I registered, and there has been nothing advertised which would cause me to contact them. Mm-hmm. Well, I try not to think about the future at the moment, you know, because it is frightening. You know, as I said, I'm 43 years of age now and no matter what comes up and with the number of people that are unemployed like you know a younger man may always get in in front of me and you know there's not much room for loan fixers in Ireland because the textile trade is at a a very low ebb. Mm -hmm. Would you be prepared to turn your hand to something else though? Of course I would yeah. Some of the jobs I've looked for have no relation to weaving or Yeah and you'd be prepared to to retrain if necessary? Yes. Anko told me they had nothing for me, like when I, I did ask, they have nothing in the retraining line for me. I don't want to go back to England. I am I was quite calm. I'm content here. I'm still content. But if I go back to England, there won't be any more prospects than there are here for me, Jim, or Tracy. Because let's be fair, there's three million unemployed in England. So why go back? And and if we go back, we're going to lose all what we have spent on as house and. Which we, we can't go back anyway because uh, what would we, where would we go? What would we do? Since I spoke to Janet, Sean and Liam, it's been announced that Santens, a Belgian textile manufacturer, has reached an agreement with the IDA for the establishment of a new industry in the Fieldcrest plant. Santens will be located in part of the factory only and expects to employ 224 people over the next two years. None of the 630 workers who lost their jobs in Fieldcrest has been guaranteed a new job. Meanwhile, Janet, Sean and Liam are still unemployed. I feel very bitter because um, when we came over at the beginning it was so, so fantastic really, you know, with good jobs and a good wage and things seemed like they were going to be grand for us, you know, and then... When we heard Fieldcrest were closing down, it didn't seem possible. It still doesn't seem possible because, I mean, let's be fair, all them millions put into a new factory and and they're spending money on airports in wildernesses and things aren't... Other airports aren't paying, so why put money after... Good money after bad, really? I do feel very badly about it because it happened within such a short time we have still a year to go before it was supposed to be profitable and unfortunately this is a personal opinion I think there's a lot of washing yet to be hung on the line as a girl's field crest. You know it was a bright future and I said it hadn't got off the ground when it was lowers down 
I mean, it's two years now, I think, since the official opening. It was in September, and it's looking as if it's going to last just the two years, like if the receiver pulls out in November thereabouts, just about two years. And I remember that opening day, it was fantastic. You know, marquee and drinks and food, whatever you wanted, like, you couldn't see it. It looked a fantastic thing. And so now? to see it two years afterwards, gone, like, you know, mm-hmm. you know that the, the, there seemed to be a fantastic future there at that particular time. Do you feel the whole thing was badly handled? Well, I think somebody has a terrible lot to answer for. 